All right, so we're back again this week with um, one more week of Reset. Uh, we have one more week to go. Uh, next week, we'll wrap up this series that we started um, a few weeks ago. But, but today, we're just going to continue. We're going to continue walking down this idea of Reset. And the way that we decided that we wanted to kind of do this was look at someone's life that was truly defined by Reset after Reset after Reset. And this is a guy by the name of Joseph. Now, you may have known him, you may have even seen his musical, uh, The Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Is that Joseph? His whole life has been defined by one reset after another. He was a kid that was born into privilege. He was his father's favorite son. The brothers were jealous, and they ultimately sold him into slavery. While he was in slavery, he kind of rose up to be one of the, the lead servants. And then through a turn of events, he was falsely accused of something that he didn't do. And then the next thing you know, he's thrown in prison. And while he's in prison, he starts having these dreams. The governor hears about him. He goes and, and Pharaoh hears about him. He goes and, and he interprets Pharaoh's dream. And the next thing you know, all of a sudden, Joseph is now governor of Egypt. An incredible story. Reset after reset after reset in his life. So how did he do it? What was it about him? What was it that was in his character that made his ability to be able to just to keep rolling with these resets? Because let's face it, we're all in a reset right now. Every bit of our lives has been altered in some way. The way our kids did school has now been reset. The way we did our jobs has now been reset. The way that we shopped has now been reset. So do we have what it takes? Can we learn from Joseph? the things that we need to do in order to roll through these resets that we're experiencing right now in 2020. One of the first things we talked about was the ability that Joseph had to just explore and express his gratefulness, just to be thankful. At the end of the day, when all of this had happened, when he was almost murdered, when he was a slave, when he was in prison, after all of that, he was able to stay thankful. And the reason he was able to, to stay thankful was he did not base his gratefulness and his thankfulness in the past or on the present. His gratefulness always looked forward. And because of that, he could handle the resets of life. Last week, we talked about the idea that Joseph was proactive. He didn't just sit and wait for, for life to come to him. He didn't just sit and wallow in self-pity. Instead, he looked at where God had put him, and he said, if this is where I'm at right now, then I'm going to give God my all, and I'm just going to go for it in this spot. And God saw that, and, and people saw that. And he was always elevated every single time because he was proactive. Our lives have been reset have we been proactive? Have we been joining God in this moment of, of rest and reset? Or have we just simply been sitting back, waiting for someone else or something else to move our life along? This morning, I want to share with you another idea, another character trait that I believe that Joseph had that helped push him through these resets. And that's the character trait of courageousness. So before we go any farther, I'm going to ask if you would to pray for me as I pray for you. 
Father, we just come before you right now. We um, thank you so much for giving us the example of Joseph. His story, his life, his highs, his lows, his ability, man, just to roll with whatever life threw at him. But we know he didn't do it by his own power. We understand that he didn't do this by his own strength. It was through you and you alone. He was grateful for where you were leading him. He was proactive at every step of the way. And Lord, in the face of fear, as we're going to talk about this morning, you gave him a heart of courage. Lord, let everyone that's watching, let everyone who's listening, let us crave and desire that same heart this morning. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. So at the first of the year, we had a series. And, and some of you might remember this series. We, we simply entitled it Free. And the things that we talked about each week throughout the month of January were things that we needed to break free from. And one of the things that, that we talked about that we wanted to be free of was worry. And so leading up to that sermon, I, I kind of pulled a bunch of people and said, hey, what, what are some things that you worry about? And I, I got tons of responses. And I kind of narrowed those down, and we talked about them that morning. But the top three, I thought about it this past week, you know, as I thought about that sermon and worry and, and knowing that what we were going to talk about this morning, I was like, man, I wonder, what was those top three again? And I went back, and I looked, and it was surprising, but it shouldn't have been. Number three was our health. Okay? The number two thing that we worried about was our finances. And the number one thing that most people worried about was family. Has there ever been a time in our history where all three of those things are being attacked as much as they are right now? I mean, think about it. We're worried about our health. We're, we're, we're taking precautions. We're, we're sanitizing everything. We're wearing masks. We're staying indoors. We're staying outdoors. We're doing all of these things because we're worried about our health and the health of others. We're worried about our finances. There's been businesses that have been shut now for weeks. There's been people who have been furloughed. There have been people who have lost their jobs completely. And then we worry about our family. The families that we used to so easily be able to hop in a car and go and visit or hop in a plane and go see or go check on has become a little bit harder because we don't know if we're going to do something that's going to compromise their health so we don't get to see our family. You see, America has always been known as the land of the free. But right now, I think we're known as the land of fear. There is a tsunami-like wave that has swept through our country. We are scared of everything. We have a fear, and they're legitimate fears. We have a fear of an economic collapse. Without people working, with unemployment being as high as it is, what jobs are going to be able to come back, what businesses are going to be able to reopen, the stock market is all over the place. It's a legitimate concern and fear 
to worry about economic collapse. We're also concerned and we're, we're fearful for the educational gap that we're going to have. We have a whole semester of, of teaching and, stu- and that students have not been in school. And I know teachers have been trying to do their best and kids are trying to learn online. But let, let's face it, we understand it's not the same. And so where are they going to be come fall if we're able to start meeting again in schools? I know parents that are worried about this, this gap, what's going to happen to their kids' education. We're worried about the fall, right? Because we've been told, hey, it's possible that we could get another wave of this virus, that it could be worse than the first. So we have people that are scared about what this fall may have. We're scared because we can't get the things that we're told we need to have. We're told we need to have masks and people can't have masks. We're told we need to get sanitizer. We can't get sanitizer. So we were fearful that we're not able to get, uh, you know, this personal protection equipment that everyone is saying that we need. We're fearful that that governors are going to open states too soon. We're fearful that the administration might be hiding something from us or maybe not telling us everything. I mean, there's fear everywhere. This is the land of fear right now. That's what our country has become. In fact, I read a survey this past week. It's actually the Pew Research Center did a study, and here's some stats right now. 75% of of the adults that were surveyed, 75% of U.S. adults believe the worst is yet to come. And 66% are worried that the restrictions are going to be lifted too soon. That's fear. Fear. Now, something scientifically happens to our brains whenever we face a fear in our life. I mean, it's just chemical. It just happens. You know, we face something scary, whether that's um, a fear of heights or the fear of the dark or, or the fear of this virus. But whatever it is, when you're face-to-face with something that you're scared of, something chemical happens in your brain. There's this chemical reaction and things happen. And all of a sudden, your body reacts to that. And that's Okay. That's the way God created us because it's that initial fear. It's that jolt that we have. That's the first step of protecting ourselves. And so that's fine. You know, we see something scary and then all of a sudden our heart starts racing a little faster. Our breathing gets a little more rapid. Our, our, our muscles tense up. Those are all natural reactions to fear. But if we stay in fear too long, It's not about a rapid heartbeat. It's not about accelerated breathing. It's not about tense muscles. It's about the fact that we become paralyzed. We are literally paralyzed by fear. See, fear is okay for an instant. But it's not okay if it rules our lives. So Joseph had to have faced fear constantly. When his brothers grabbed him and roughed him up and threw him into that pit, when he heard them discussing this idea that maybe we should just kill him, he had to have been scared. He was a kid, right? I mean, we're not talking about a grown man. We're talking about a teenager. He had to have been scared. And then when his brothers sold him into slavery, he goes from this place place of prominence, you know, to like his father's favorite son. He had everything he could ever want. And now all of a sudden he's a slave. You're telling me that he's, he wouldn't have been scared in that situation? And then he gets in and he becomes a servant. He's working his way up. There had to have occasionally been that fear of, I don't want to mess up. 
Yeah, I don't want to lose this place of prominence I have right now. And then Potiphar's wife makes her move. And he had to have been scared. What do I do? Well, she lied. Potiphar threw him in prison. You don't think that wasn't scary? And then as he rises up out of prison and he becomes basically Pharaoh's second in charge, do you not think there wasn't the occasional fear of, am I giving the right advice? Am I making the right decisions for all of Egypt? I mean, we, we have like seven years of famine going on right now. Everybody's looking at me. You don't think there wasn't some fear there? But I'm going to tell you this. Whether it was in the pit or in the prison or standing up making decisions for all of Egypt. Every single time he faced fear, Joseph had a choice. And we have the exact same choice today. You see, for some of us, we've been facing this this COVID fear with this fight attitude. Because we can choose to fight. And that's kind of natural. We want to place blame. We want to find out who do we need to blame for causing us this fear. Who is this person or who is this thing? And then we begin to push back. So when we're scared, one of our first choices is, I can fight this. You don't think people aren't fighting this right now? If, if you don't believe it, then you haven't seen Raleigh, North Carolina, our state on Tuesday mornings, thousands of people protesting to reopen the state. They're fighting and they're pushing back. Michigan had protesters actually like ran, run into their, 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 their governor's mansion their, or their, their hall there. I mean, they went in with guns. Seriously. They were there to protest. California. You have people rushing the beach like it's Normandy, right? I mean, because they just want to get out and they want to get in the sun and they want to get in the sand. Like there's people who are fighting back, who are pushing back. Because that's a choice that we have. When we face fear, we can fight it. Another choice that we have, if we choose not to fight, we can flee. You know, it... it, It blows my mind right now when you see some mega rich Hollywood star in their, um, they fled to their uh, mansion on the beach and they're making these videos encouraging Americans, just stay home, just take it easy, you're fine, right? And I want to be like, then send me your cook, okay? Like, send me your waiter, send me your, your butler, your maid, your nanny, right? Like, send me those people and maybe I can have a life like yours. You've seen over and over reports of CEOs that have left their companies and they're at their vacation homes in the mountains or their vacation homes at the beach, and that's where they're running things. They have fled. And maybe you're like the rest of us, and you can't flee. You don't have a vacation home at the beach or at the mountains. So what do we do? I'm going to tell you what we do. We flee reality. We sit at home and we eat too much. (laughs) We eat too much junk. We spend way too much time on social media, believing that we're an authority on things that we have no um, sense speaking on. 
Uh, and then there's Netflix, right? We lose ourselves and we flee reality just absorbing and binge-watching everything we can on the sofa. I mean, do you really think, let's just be honest, do you really think that Tiger King would be the most watched documentary of all time? Or do you really think Trolls World Tour would be the biggest movie of 2020 if we weren't stuck at home, right? I mean, it never would have happened. But it's because people want to flee their reality. They want to flee. They don't want to hear about what's going on. So they just flee. So we have a choice when we face fear. We can fight. We can flee. We can freeze. Let me tell you what freeze looks like. Freeze looks like all those folks, and maybe you're one of them, that was lined up at Costco getting every bit of toilet paper and peanut butter you possibly could, right? That has not left your house since the beginning of March. My wife Beth and I, we know people, people that we love dearly, that have not left their homes in six weeks because they're scared. They have frozen. Their whole life has been completely frozen. Their life, their work, their relationships, everything has been put on hold. So Joseph had the same choices that we have. We can fight. We can flee. We can freeze. Or we can do what Joseph did. Because, see, the initial jolt of fear, we don't have a choice about that matter. We don't, we don't have a choice over what we're scared of. We don't have a choice on that initial reaction to fear. But we always, always have control over our response. We don't have to choose to fight. We don't have to choose to flee. We don't have to choose to freeze. We can be just like Joseph, and we can choose faith. See, the Bible is littered. I mean, it is just cover to cover full of heroes that faced adversity after adversity, fear after fear. And they moved through it. Not by fighting, not by fleeing, not by freezing, but by faith. You got Joshua and Moses, right? You have Abraham and and Esther. David, Mary, Paul, all of these biblical heroes, all these people that are written about in God's word, they all faced fears. And every single one of them faced their fears with faith. We've been talking a lot about Joseph and reading some of his stories. I'm going to read a couple of verses to you right now. And this is found in Genesis chapter 39. And I want you to see if you can connect the dots here on the faith of Joseph. 39, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. Still in 39, verse 21. The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor. And then in verse 23, the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Why? 
Why was the Lord so faithful to Joseph? It's because Joseph chose faith over fear. He chose faith over fighting. He chose faith over fleeing. He he chose faith over freezing. He chose God over everything else that he was scared of. Because he knew that God was bigger than that pit. He knew that God was bigger than that prison. He knew that God was bigger than, than, than any struggle or any doubt that he may have in his life. He knew that. Joseph chose faith over fear. Now it's one thing to look at biblical heroes and think, well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're in the Bible. Obviously, maybe there was something supernatural about them, right? But what about us mere humans, you know? Like, like what about us? That's often how we feel. Well, I'm glad you asked. We had a president back in 1933, newly elected president, Franklin Roosevelt. Now, when he was taking office in 1933, he was taking office at a point that our country was in what we still call the Great Depression. There was a 25% unemployment rate in our country. And some people believe it was even higher than that. Our country was scared. Probably... The only time in history the entire country has been as scared as that is right now. So FDR had a choice, right? I mean, he was was becoming president. He he could, you know, just kind of pander and kind of, you know, make the politicians happy or say, you know, nice pretty things or just kind of ride out this wave of, of, of this depression. He could fight, he could flee, he could freeze. Or he could choose faith. I'm going to read to you a few words from his inauguration. FDR said this. First of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. This is no unsolvable problem if we face it wisely and courageously. There are many ways it can be helped, but it can never be helped merely by talking about it. We must act, and we must act quickly. I'm telling you, that's that's almost biblical. Because we're living in frightening times. For, for probably all of us, at least the majority of us, maybe the scariest times of our lives. But throughout history, these men and women that we look up to, you know, as, as being bold and brave, every single one of them was birthed out of adversity. Every single one of them had a choice to make. They all felt fear, but yet faith moved them forward anyway. All around us today, people are responding to COVID-19 by fighting, by fleeing, by freezing. Folks, we are better than that. As believers, we are better than that. We must choose faith 
over fear. We must, must choose the fact that we believe that God is with us, just like he was with Joseph. Joseph never stopped moving. Not one time do you find that he fought. He never fled and he never froze. Every single time he chose faith. And we can hear over and over the echo of these words. And God was with Joseph. This morning, you can try to fight the fear of this pandemic on your own. You can choose to to fight it. You can choose to flee. You can choose to freeze. And as Dr. Phil would say, how's that working out for you? Or we can choose faith. Faith is what will move us forward. Faith is bigger than fear. Isn't today the day we make that choice? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much again just for um, being the God that sustains us. For giving us a chance to follow our faith in you. To put our faith front and center. To live our lives in truly believing that you are with us. For anyone that has spent so much time and energy and effort fighting, let them find peace. For the ones, Lord, that are just fleeing. They don't want to think about it. They don't want to think about the things that might be scary. They just want to get lost in a different type of reality. God, let them figure out that their reality is you. And Lord, for the ones that are just frozen this morning, paralyzed by fear, God, I pray more than anything else that they choose faith to start moving again. Faith to start acting again. Faith to start living again. Lord, this morning we just, man, we just give everything over to you. It's in your name we pray, amen.